let me tell you a few little bits and pieces that I learned in the seminary. The first one is, one of my classmates taught me, Advent can be summed up in eight words. Wake up. Straighten up. Cheer up. And hurry up. This is week two. This is straighten up week. Okay? It's the... Gospel of Luke, the gospel of social justice. And another thing I learned in preaching class was some weeks you comfort the afflicted and some weeks you afflict the comfortable. (laughs) So I hope you still give your money and you come back next week. We're going to be hearing these from a challenging way. Our first reading and our gospel both talk about the making the, the mountains low and raising the valleys, and we're going to really push on that metaphor until it hurts a little bit. And so that is our challenge today. This past Wednesday night, we wrapped up our inquiry period for our CIA. For the past nine weeks, we looked at the building blocks of what it means to be a Christian and a Catholic. The first week, we all shared our stories of how we've been called to journey together this year. And we looked at how Catholics believe that conversion is a lifelong process. The second week, we talked about our images of God. Next, we talked about salvation history in the Bible. Then we talked about prayer, and then a week on Mary and the saints. We talked about the sacraments in general, and baptism and confirmation in particular. Next came a wonderful discussion on the Eucharist. Thanks again, Mallory. Then it was time to bring all these pieces together. Two weeks ago, we brought in our sponsors for the first time, and we talked about how we as church pray together with the entire communion of saints when we share the Bible and the Eucharist at the Mass. And then this last week, we talked about the fact that the words Mass, Dismissal, Mission, and Commission all come from the same root word. When we are dismissed from Mass, how do we carry out God's mission? This, of course, led to a powerful discussion of social justice in Catholic social teaching. The RCIA group is building great bonds. There are 24 of us when you have the inquirers, the sponsors, and the team there. And we're very excited about growing in our faith together. But the call to social justice makes each of us squirm. Because we know each of us are called by God and compelled by the Holy Spirit to do more. Catholic social teaching has long been called the best kept secret in the church. So just in case you're not in on the secret, here are the basics. There are seven basic principles of Catholic social teaching. No matter where you sit on the political spectrum, you probably resonate with some of these and you probably are uncomfortable with other ones. But the seven principles are these. One, life and dignity of the human person. Human life is sacred. Two, the call to family, community, and participation in economics, politics, law, and policy. Three, rights and responsibilities. Human rights must be protected. Four, the option for the poor and the vulnerable. Treatment of those most in need. Five, the dignity of work and the rights of workers. The economy must serve the people. Six, solidarity. 
We are one human family regardless of our ethnic and national backgrounds. And seven, care for God's creation. We are stewards of what God has created. If you want to learn more, it's easy to find information. A great place to start is the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops website. Just search for Catholic Social Teacher. All seven of these principles are essential, and they are deeply woven into the Christian tradition. No one's supposed to promote just one or two principles to the point of violating the others. But in our current debates, it seems as if many people in the political process are overly simplifying the choices we have in front of us, ignoring the riches of the Catholic tradition. Can we come up with budget solutions that acknowledge both the responsibilities we have to care for ourselves and the collective bargaining rights of workers? Can we promote human development and care for the environment? Are we in solidarity with the poor across the globe, even as we acknowledge the special responsibilities we have to our own families? All the scripture scholars agree that our gospel passage today is the real beginning of Luke's story of the ministry of Jesus. It brings together Luke's sense of history and the call to social justice. John called the people, as Isaiah, Baruch, and others before him, to prepare the way of the Lord by raising the valleys and lowering the mountains so that all nations can stream towards the Lord. As I pray with this passage, I can't stop thinking about the fiscal cliff. The series of tax raises and spending cuts that take effect if Congress can't pass comp compromise legislation by the beginning of 2013. It seems as if most people in the debate insist on looking for others to make the sacrifices to solve our problems, not themselves. Many wealthy people are insisting that the poor just want a handout. Many poor people are insisting that the wealthy simply need to pay more taxes. And there are a lot of people in the middle who insist this is not their problem. It is for the poor and the rich to change their ways. But that's to miss a whole lot of what the Bible challenges us to do. John the Baptist called everyone to what's translated here as repentance. But the actual word in Greek is metanoia. Metanoia is a complete change of perspective, a change of values, to see and act as God calls us to see and act. It's clear in Luke that God's actions are actions of social justice. When Mary offers her praise in the Magnificat, she speaks in terms of the mountains and valleys. The Mighty One has thrown down the rulers from their thrones, but lifted up the lowly. The hungry he has filled with good things. The rich he has sent away empty. In Luke's gospel, Jesus does not teach that blessed are the poor in spirit. He declares, blessed are you who are poor, period. For the kingdom of God is yours. Can we who are wealthy lower the mountains? Can we who are poor raise the valleys? Can we, in between, recognize our obligations to assist the other two groups? I argue that we, the people in this room, may be among the most influential people in the country in this debate for three reasons. 
Hear me out. First of all, as Catholics, we hold this treasure of Catholic social teaching. Second, as I've argued in the past, and for you who are visiting, welcome to being part of the most educated Catholic parish in the Diocese of Knoxville. But the third one may surprise you. This week, Michael Tomaski of Newsweek magazine looked at the challenges facing the government right now, including the so-called fiscal cliff. And the four key people that he says President Obama must negotiate with if he wants to reach a deal are Speaker of the House John Boehner, AFL-CIO President Rich Trumpka, and the two senators from Tennessee, Lamar Alexander and Bob Corker. So friends, here we stand. Bob Corker was just re-elected, and Lamar Alexander is preparing for re-election. And most of us in this room are among their most educated constituents, most committed to Catholic social teaching. Yes, it's a busy season with finals and shoppings and parties, but this is also the month when many of us have some vacation days. Can we take time to pray on all seven principles of Catholic social teachings? Not just the principles among the seven that are most comfortable with our personal politics. And then call or write our senators to instruct them how we would like our values to influence the negotiations going on right now. As Paul proclaimed to the Philippians he loved, this is my prayer, that your love may increase ever more and more in knowledge and every kind of perception to discern what is of value so that you may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Can we discern that our values must include all seven principles of Catholic social teaching? Conversion is a lifelong process. This is the season of Advent. Wake up. Straighten up. Cheer up. Hurry up.